Magandang araw kabayan, welcome to Today with Tata Eko. Samahan niyo ako sa ilang minutong balitaktakan at pakikipanayam sa mga katulad nating migrante mula sa iba't ibang panig ng mundo. Samahan niyo akong hanapin ang mabuti sa isang mundong balot ng pag-aalinlangan at hamon ng buhay sa pamamagitan ng paglalahad ng mga karanasan ng mga kapwa natin OFWs. There is goodness in this world that needs to be unraveled and we just need to look at the right places. Join us as we meet regular people like you and me who are trying to find their place in this world and see goodness beyond the challenges of daily life as migrant workers scattered all over the globe. Ako si Tatay Eko at ito ang Today with Tatay Eko. Magandang araw mga kabayan. Let us welcome our guest for today's episode. A career diplomat with more than 15 years of experience, including previous postings in Cairo, Kuala Lumpur, and Doha, our guest is a political officer by training with regional emphasis on Southeast Asia and the Middle East. He has also handled other portfolios such as strategic planning, economic, cultural, public, and multilateral diplomacy. As a writer, his works, which have been published both online and in print media, have dealt mostly with Muslim Mindanao culture, and he wishes to further explore the creative non-fiction genre with a humorous twist and a Muslim Mindanao flavor. He's married to Shaima, a registered pharmacist in the Philippines and Qatar, and has a daughter, Shazneen Anja. Friends, a pleasure. Please help me to welcome Consul Gonar Musor. Sir. Hi, hello, Echo. Uh, Hi, thank sir. you for inviting me. No, thank you for saying yes. <laughs> Ay, nagulat talaga ako, sir, kasi sinabi, nag-yes ka sa akin. Wala problema. It's part of the job. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So, simulan natin yung interview natin ngayong hapon. Now, with the very first question, we always ask our guests, paano po kayo naging OFW and what pushed you to seek opportunities overseas? Well, uh, first of all, being a um, diplomat, um, we uh, straddle both being an overseas worker or an overseas Filipino worker and being a uh, your usual government employee. A government employee because um, we are employed by the Department of Foreign Affairs. So, yung sweldo namin galing Manila. So we're just like, you know, people working, for example, with DTI, DBM, DOT, etc. And then we can also consider ourselves as a migrant worker since our job entails us to work outside of the Philippines. Actually, uh, majority of our years in our career is served outside of the Philippines because our tour of duty uh, as a DFA employee is... Um, six years outside of the Philippines, and then wow. once we're back in Manila, uh, we can just stay for a minimum of three years, and then we are eligible for posting again. Oh. So that's why we are able to see both perspectives, yung, you know, being a government uh, employee and being an overseas worker. So we, we get the best of both worlds, kumbaga. <laughs> yeah, and then you asked about how I ended up in this job. Um, well, Actually, it, it was not really my uh, dream of uh, you know, entering the foreign service. Um, my, my, my original dream was to be a, a doctor. That's why my undergraduate degree is uh, psychology. It's supposed to be my, it was mm-hmm. supposed to be my pre-med course. Mm-hmm. Sabi nila, it was uh, the ECS pre-med course kasi you would only need to take yung mga required uh, science electives that would you know, allow you to qualify for med school. Mm-hmm. But then when I was um, um, taking up my Bio 11, which was one of the required subjects for med school, you know, while, while I was dissecting this frog in front of me, I had this epiphany na, 
ngayon nga na med nahihirapan ako na i-memorize ko ano man yung mga internal organs na nasa loob nung palaka na dinadisect ko or kaya kung human cadaver. So right then and there, uh, I decided na you know, med- medicine was not for me and luckily my parents allowed me to uh, uh, stick with my decision. I um, I did not uh, have to transfer from a different uh, to a different course because I, I I got to love my uh, uh, what what I was studying in psychology. And then when I was in uh, graduate school, a friend of mine was uh, planning to take the FSO exam, the Foreign Service Officer Examination. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, you can uh, uh, take also. So sabi ko naman, kasi at that time I still had no idea what career. Would I really want to uh, do after college? Because for for a very long time, talagang my mindset was really to become a doctor. And I said, okay, sige, I'll I'll um, take it as an option. Uh, let's see, kung 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 pumasa, let's see where it takes us. Kung hindi okay lang din, so no pressure. Wow. <laughs> so I uh, passed in uh, 2003, and then Feb 2004, together with my other batchmates, I went through the. Uh, Uh, cadetship program, which was for six months. In uh, May 2006, I attended my um, graduation from my master's degree in communication. And then a month after that, I was deployed to uh, to Cairo, Egypt. A month after that? <laughs> yes, June 2006. Wow. So describe your first year overseas then as a as a foreign service officer. Kasi parang ang, ang, ang weird po nung galing kayong psychology tas biglang I'm in foreign service. <laughs> well, I know. Um, before joining DFA, I've never been outside the country. Like uh, I heard, gana in uh, in in other countries, nga if you want to join the foreign service, one of the uh, uh, minimum requirement is um, you have to have, uh, kahit mapano yung you know uh, experience na going outside of the country. But in my case, I've never been outside the country, like kahit Singapore <laughs> or Hong Kong. So mm-hmm. it was really a uh, an eye-opening experience for me kasi uh, I remember nung pag, paglapag ko ng Cairo, sinundo ako ng protocol officer namin, nakita siguro niya dun sa expression ng mukha ko na parang I was shocked. <laughs> I know, like, I'm sure you know how how Naiya yes, looks yes. like. And at that time, kay, the, 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 air, the international airport at Cairo was, you know, even more shocking for me. So, sabi niya nung nakita niya, Okay lang yan, sir. Um, at least sa first posting ninyo, uh, ganito yung nakikita niyo. So at least dun sa succeeding postings niyo, hindi na kayong masyashak. So parang siguro, may nakita siya siguro dun sa expression ko na parang na tulala or something or nashak. <laughs> once I got out of airport, syempre, you know, the Egypt had a very different uh, physical uh, environment. Like, you know, the Philippines is, is a tropical country, lots of trees. Don't it was all desert. And then, I remember when um, I finally got to my hotel, tapos sumilip ako, ako lang, mag, ako lang mag-isa. Kasi um, at that time, ako, ako pa lang, hindi pa dumarating yung, yung uh, tito ko na who was supposed to accompany me as my private staff. So, to, uh, I opened the window. I was, you know, looking around, trying to imbibe or to absorb everything. And I remember saying to myself, ano ba itong pinasukan ko? <laughs> I know, yung parang feeling ko, I was in a twilight zone dahil yun nga talagang I've never been outside the country and then here I am in this foreign land surrounded by Egyptians 
the, the physical environment was different. Buti na lang, at least Egyptians, they can speak English. So the, the language was not really a prob- problem. But yung, the whole aspect of you know, being outside of your country, um, tapos iba yung everything was different from the Philippines. Talagang for me, it was really a shock. Siguro yun yung sabi nilang culture shock. Mm-hmm. Talagang, and then, pagdating mo sa embassy, because, you know, in the DFA, yung office mo was just this giant big building with many people. You know, it was your typical office. And then, here you are in Cairo, yung embassy namin was just a villa converted into an office. And then, basically, mm-hmm. kayo-kayo lang, it's just a villa. Kasi the, our embassy in Cairo was, uh, uh, it's very small as compared, for example, uh, to the embassy here in Singapore. So, talaga, it was really parang kayo-kayo lang, very intimate. And then, so parang another shocking detail din na parang yung for the next three to six years, ito yung magiging workplace mo, kayo-kayo lang yung makikita. Yung <laughs> oh, okay. So, it was really a, a parang wild ride for me. So, siguro talagang uh, the department should at, at least uh, consider siguro <laughs> for future foreign service officers to, to have at least an experience being out of the country. Kasi talagang, for me talagang, everything was new. So, I, I was in my late 20s when I left outside the, of the country. So, talagang, talagang very, ano talaga, everything was, uh, uh, wild, wild, was, was a wild adventure for me. So, how is it different now that you've been in the service for so many years? Well, I've been through a lot. You know, since Egypt, I've been to Malaysia, Qatar, and now Singapore. So, at least uh, I'm uh, wiser and uh, <laughs> more used to the changing um, uh, environment, the changing dynamics. Um, at least uh, after, well, tama nga sinabi ng protocol officer namin at hindi na ako masyadong na siya kasi if you compare naman Egypt with Qatar, Malaysia, and uh, Singapore, my, my last three postings have been at least more um, cosmopolitan uh, cities, uh, countries. So, mm-hmm. kasi I, I, anyway, I'm um, I, I was uh, born and raised in Manila, so talagang ano, I, I'm used to that urban jungle setting. So at least uh, in my last three postings, including Singapore, the, the adjustment is not that great. And at the same time, I'm already used to the flow of work, you know, of being uh, uh, in a posting, in a foreign posting. Mm-mm. Do you think, sir, there was this feeling that you needed to get out to grow more as a person and as a professional? Yeah, because I think maybe that's one reason why I got attracted to, uh, to uh, joining the foreign service because, you know, I've never been outside of the country. And, you know, as they say, traveling is one of the uh, best learning experiences. You know, outside of uh, what you learn from your home or from school, traveling mm-hmm. is really a, a very uh, good learning experience because, you know, it, it exposes you to foreign cultures. It, it, it makes you more open-minded. It makes you more respectful and tolerant of other people's beliefs, no matter how, how different it is from, from your own. And it also teaches you to be more independent. Because uh, at least um, you are uh, you manage your own time, your own finances. And um, once we are at post, we're given more accountability when it comes to how we do our jobs as opposed 
to when we are in Manila. Kasi in Manila, kasi parang, ano eh, yung you're just like a typical office work office worker but yeah, yeah. outside of the, of the Philippines mas merong accountability and at the same time you're also given more responsibilities so speaking of, of of the culture how did you adjust to the cultural differences across the different postings that you've had well um like i mentioned uh, for malaysia qatar and singapore um the adjustment the the the, the process that, that that i had to go through wasn't as a ch- as challenging as what I experienced when I was in Egypt, maybe because Egypt was uh, my first posting. So obviously mm-hmm. the, the adjustment there would be more uh, challenging for me. Uh, but la, I, I was uh, before discussing this with a colleague and uh, I think I went through that various stages of culture shock. I mentioned about <laughs> starting to question mm-hmm. what, why, why did I end up in this kind of job? And then there was a phase wherein para kang nasasakal na yung kung kaya mo lang na bumili na lang ng ticket at bumalik ka na lang ng Pilipinas, gagawin mo. And then sometimes you try to be reject everything that you see. Uh, and then later on, parang nandun ka na sa phase na you start accepting yung uh, the environment that you're in. So I'm just glad that um, I was able to survive that three years in Egypt. So at least... Uh, when I got posted to Malaysia, Qatar, and Singapore, um, hindi na masyado yung, yung, uh, yung shock that I had to go through or the adjustment. Yung sa Egypt lang talaga yung was great because it was really my first time. So everything was new to me. So I'm just happy that uh, um, I was able to go through all those uh, phases successfully because, you know, I have, I have uh, some colleagues in the department, you know, they're ne- they are never really able to... Um, uh, successfully go through that that yeah. shock process, mm-hmm. and you know what's what's uh, um, bad about it is it affects your performance. It affects how you do your job. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. most, it affects your relations with your colleagues. So, uh, um, in in my case, I'm I'm just lucky that um, apart from having successfully going through this, uh, those phases, I also had the wonderful colleagues. Uh, I, I had a, an ambassador who served as a mentor and as a second mm-hmm. parent uh, to me when I was in Egypt. So uh, all those factors, I'm just glad that um, uh, all mixed in and allowed me to adjust successfully to uh, this uh, new environment. Light-hearted muna tayo, sir. Ha? So, <laughs> how does your average day look like and what do you consider a good day or a bad day at work? Well, ngayon siguro, I'm, I'm uh, speaking from uh, a pre-COVID-19 perspective. Kasi um, <laughs> when uh, we are at post kasi, um, we are 24-7 on call. Not like when we are in Manila. You know, it's just your typical 8 to 5 uh, work day. And then you sometimes, uh, well, after uh, regularly you would have uh, your weekends free. But when we are at post, we are 24-7 on call. So anytime that uh, your ambassador or your job would require you to um, go outside of your home, even if it's outside working hours, you're supposed to uh, be ready. Uh, but uh, usually, like uh, during weekdays, you know, you go to the office, and then um, if there are events to attend after office, and then pag may mga emergencies that you have to attend to, and then during weekends, because here in Singapore, it's um, 
we have a very big uh, Filipino community population. So uh, mm-hmm. there are so many um, Filipino community organizations that have events during weekends and the ambassador could not attend all of them. Um, so what, what, what we do is we divide among ourselves the events that, um, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that we attend. And good thing, we have many officers in the department. So at least yung hatian mas wider. So, uh, mm-hmm. yun. So, uh, but there are weekends pa rin naman na free kami. Pero yun nga, like, before coming here to Singapore, I was already warned by colleagues na uh, yung busy nga yung posting in Singapore because in weekends, most of the time, wala kang weekends nga kasi nga since you're attending Filipino community events. But uh, luckily, at least there are still some weekends na I get to uh, have uh, my own free time with my family. I, I feel kakaiba sa yung situation yun. Kasi for some people, um, they can choose to be migrants and then they can just go home. Pero yung sa, sa kasa nyo kasi sir, parang you are constantly a migrant somewhere because of your foreign postings. Sa... Sa tinagal-tagal niyo po, buong karanasan niyo bilang uh, someone in the foreign service, ano sa palagay niyo, sir, yung pinakamalaking challenge na nakinaharap niyo? Um, for me, yun nga, the, the fact na I'm uh, straddling both being a migrant worker and at the same time a uh, civil servant. And yung, yung experience of providing uh, public service uh, to our kababayans and also to our uh, foreign uh, clientele, you know, can be a a bit overwhelming because the our uh, mandate as foreign service officers it's it's really very broad like you can either be doing consular or assistance to nationals like or in my case uh, i'm doing political cultural work and then sometimes uh, you don't expect that you'll be doing the same thing uh for the rest of uh, your time at post mm-hmm. like uh, you have to be ready uh to do certain jobs even if uh, it's uh, outside of your comfort zone and uh, although it is challenging but uh, it's also uh, one thing that makes my experience in the foreign service colorful because i've experienced so many things that uh, you would never normally uh, get experience <laughs> like uh, i got to go for example to sudan to uh, do consular uh, mission for our kababayans there and you know wow. have for example to travel from khartoum to kinana and you have to be back to khartoum before dark kasi may mga may mga bandits daw uh, <laughs> oh, no. or having to for example uh, when I was in Egypt going to the Rafa border and you can hear on the other side of uh, the border the the bombings being done when uh, Israel was attacking Palestine and you have to wait for the Filipinos who are you know married to Palestinians to cross the border so that you know you can take them to the embassy and you know um, um, repatriate them or right. you know in Saba, um, having to accompany two Filipinas who were victims of human trafficking and, you know, uh, one condition that would allow them to go back to the Philippines is they would accompany the Malaysian immigration officers to conduct a raid on the, on the, yung, yung employer nila na nagdala sa kanila as a... Oh my gosh, what? So, you know, these are things na parang sabi nga nung isang colleague ko, sa these are things na parang when you grow old uh, you would look back and you know you will be able to say that you know you have a, you, you you had a very colorful life but at the same time nga, it's really challenging kasi um you know the philippines is a uh, developing country we're not like um uh, the us or uh, japan canada na parang 
um, they're given the enough uh, budgetary and logistical support. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for the Philippines, talagang sometimes you really have to be you really have to be resourceful. You really have to be adaptable. Um, and then at the same time, then uh, doing this work could be a thankless job. Although there's this kind of fulfillment, but means and then you you also encounter a lot of um, complaints. So you really have to be patient, and you really have to be a diplomat when it comes to dealing with the such reaction. Because nga yun nga yun, yun yung disadvantage din ng being in the public service. Eh. Sometimes if people uh, don't know what you're doing, they would automatically assume that you're doing nothing. So yeah. talagang, you really have to always, uh, nga, that's where public diplomacy comes in, wherein you have to at least uh, regularly inform the public about what um, the embassy or the post has been doing in terms of providing services to um, our kababayan. So yun, yun, yung, yun yung challenge about it. Ngayon ko lang na-realize sir, sobrang ma-action pala yung foreign service. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pwede na ako ng, ano, ng memoir ko pag, pag matanda na ako. Oh, sige sir, pagkailangan yung editor, ha, sabihin nyo ako. <laughs> sir, sir, sa mga pagkakataon na ganito, yung may mga ganyan kayong encounters and challenges, saan or kanino po kayo humuhugot ng lakas to keep you doing what you need to do? Well, right now, I, I have my wife and my daughter. So, uh, sila yung stress reliever ko. But, in my previous postings, I was uh, single. Siguro because through time, I've grown to love what I'm doing. So, sa akin, pag may mga challenges, kahit na minsan, medyo dangerous, but na-excite ako eh. And I think that's, that's, that's the key factor when, uh, when uh, you're doing a job. As long as you love what you're doing, you find fulfillment in it, you can easily handle it. And I also remember this advice from a colleague. Sabi niya, when at post, you always have to find your source of happiness. Be able to compartmentalize. Kasi nga, since we are 24-7 on call, there's a tendency na baka pag kahit na outside of your office, dinadala mo pa rin yung, yung emotional baggage of your work. And ako, I've learned to compartmentalize as much as possible. If it's a rest day, if it's a personal time, mm-hmm. I try not to think much about ko ano yung iniwan kong uh, stress from work. So, and yung, yung, yung about finding your source of happiness, kahit na yung mga maliliit na bagay, like for example, like parang looking forward to uh, going to uh, to, a, uh, to see a movie or um, you know, uh, meeting with friends. Yung mga small things, at least it allows you to forget for a few hours kung ano man yung mga stresses that, you know, come with uh, our job. So, yun yung things na allowed me to uh, cope with the, the, the heaviness of uh, our job. And right now, yun nga, I'm lucky because my wife and my daughter are with me. So, yun nga, nakakatanggal din ng stress every time mm-hmm. I'm at my family. So, what lessons have you learned along the way having been in the service for quite some time? Yung Siguro yung mga lessons that I've learned, una-una, when you're away from, from, from your country, you tend to be more appreciative of the Philippines while at the same time, you tend also to, to be more critical. Kasi uh, appreciative, kasi dun mo na-appreciate yung homo eh. Siguro pag nasa Pilipinas ka, uh, just like any other Filipino, minsan we, we, we complain a lot and dami-dami nating nakikitang mali. And ako I'm not I'm not uh, uh, denying for example kung ano man yung mga mali nakikita natin. Pero 
when you are outside of the Philippines, uh, mas na-appreciate mo yung home. Talagang namimiss mo talaga yung, mm-hmm. nga yung, yung um, uh, homesickness. So, because of that, parang we tend to be more appreciative and then pag umuwi tayo, mas na-appreciate natin yung, yung being at home. And then we also tend to be more critical kasi nga, like in my case, I tend to compare yung Philippines with the countries that I've been in. Mm-hmm. Like with Egypt, with Qatar, with Singapore, with Malaysia. So, nakikita ko yung areas wherein where the Philippines could improve based on what I experience in these countries. So, yun yung isang lesson. And then, na-realize ko rin na yung, yung being a migrant worker, it's not really a um, long-term arrangement unless, mm-hmm. unless you work in a country wherein being a citizen or a, re- or a permanent resident is an option. Pero kung hindi, being an OFW is really a short-term arrangement. So you really have to be prepared when the time comes that you have to go back home. So that's where financial literacy comes in, wherein you have to learn how to save, how to uh, invest, how to... Uh, you, you have to have a um, strategic long-term view na ano ba yung... Ano ba yung gusto ko mangyari sa akin after I work in this country? Kasi like ngayon ano na yun, nagbago na especially with the, this pandemic and then you know here in Singapore I'm sure you're you're aware dati it's yep, so yep. easy to become a permanent resident ngayon medyo very ano na sila very uh, strict na sila may mga quotas na for example in terms of accepting migrant workers. So ngayon uh, our kababayan should need to have a um, long-term strategic point of view na dapat alam lang nila na uh, ito yung long-term goal ko. So, I should be preparing for that. So, that's where the savings, the investments, and then, you know, being prepared to go back home pag natapos na yung whole OFW experience nila. Kasi talagang, mahirap talaga. It's not easy to be a, a migrant worker. Hawk, um, na, na-experience ko yung mga difficulties na na-experience ng mga kababayan natin. Eh. I'm just lucky lang na at least ang employer ko ang Philippine government. Kasi, pero yung base do sa mga cases na na-encounter ko, talagang nakakaawa yung marami tayong mga kababayan na remain to be vulnerable to employers who are who don't look after the welfare of their foreign workers. Sa palagay niyo ba sir yung pagiging migrante ay para sa lahat? Hindi. Kasi may mga tao talaga na they're ano na, they're satisfied na uh, with their life in in, in the Philippines. Sino ba ano eh um um depende naman sa yun eh. May mga tao naman na yun nga okay na sa kanila, may mga tao naman na they really want to go search for greener pastures. Ang importante lang is if you decide to uh, go abroad, yun nga, dapat meron kang strategic plan, meron kang strategic point of view na at least alam mo kung kailan ka na talaga uh, finally babalik ng Pilipinas. And when that time comes, ready ka na. Hindi yung tipo, uh, you will still continue with the cycle of being an employee. Like, you can be your own boss. Kaya nga, that's where we encourage our kababayans to, you know, become business uh, uh, man themselves or to invest. Kasi nga yun nga eh, parang, parang we, we also want to break that that uh, mindset na you always need to be an employee to survive na, you know, alternatively, you can also be your own boss. So, hindi, hindi talaga lahat ng tao pwede sa pagiging migrant worker. Kasi talagang there, there are so many 
uh, challenges involved, uh, you know, adjusting to a new culture. And then, syempre, you also have to make sure that your employer will uh, uh, treat you well. And then, minsan din, marami rin, uh, marami rin tayo mga kababayan na nasisilaw kasi nga since malaki nga yung, yung uh, sinusweldo nila, ang the, the tendency is enjoy lang ng enjoy. Although, tam, ano, we, we all deserve naman to enjoy kung mm-hmm. ano yung mm-hmm. natin. Pero, uh, eventually, dapat matuto rin tayong mag-ipon. Kasi like what I experienced in Qatar, when the financial, the, the oil uh, crisis uh, happened, marami tayong mga kababayan na na-retrench. And karamihan sa kanila, for example, nag, uh, may mga loans. Tapos, nung tinanong, yeah. nung tinanong namin, anong ginawa mo doon sa pera? Pinang-shopping, pinang-travel. Ngayon, Oh, no. Retrench sila, sila, hindi sila makauwi until hindi nila mabayaran yung utang nila. So, kasi nga yung naging lifestyle nila was parang buhay milyonaryo na nakalimutan nila na yung pagiging OFW, anytime today, pwede kang matanggal. Like right now, with what's happening with COVID-19, marami tayong mga kababayan. Yeah. So, ano, ano. so, importante na itong mga kababayan natin, sana kahit pa paano may, nag- may nagkaroon sila ng konting ipon man lang para at least to caution yung yung negative impact nung itong nangyari. Kasi talagang hindi natin, nobody predicted na mangyayari itong pandemic. When I was in Qatar, nobody predicted na bababa yung presyo ng langis and then maapektuhan yung ekonomiya ng Qatar which led to so many retrenchments. So we really have to be ready for this um, uh, surprise developments happening uh, around the world. So naisip niyo na ba at some point na mag-request na lang to be posted permanently in the Philippines? Yung talagang umuwi na kayo for good? Well, in my case kasi I get the best, I get the taste of both worlds. Eh. So kumaga, I serve abroad and then uuwi. So at least yung every time na umuwi kami, nakakapag-recharge kami. It also allows us to uh, uh, rekindle our ties with uh, our home country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, ako naman kasi, anyway, uh, I don't see myself retiring overseas. Like, I look forward to the day na, uh, you know, I'm just uh, living peacefully in Manila, uh, doing whatever I'll be doing after I retire from the service. So, yeah, definitely ako, I, I don't see myself uh, living abroad permanently. I look, I always look forward to going home. I always look forward. Like, ayun nga, actually, kasi I'm supposed to uh, be ending my tour of duty later this year. So, mm-hmm. ngayon pa lang, uwi-uwi na ako. Nakakapagod <laughs> talaga yung six years. Like, umalis ako ng, umalis ako for Qatar. Kasi, ano eh, uh, itong six-year tour of duty ko, two years was in Qatar and then four years is in, uh, uh, here in Singapore. Nung umalis ako, Kapapanganak lang nung daughter ko ngayon, ano na, magsi-six years old na yung anak ko. So, oh mo lang, ganun, ano yun, ganun katagal kaming nawala sa Pilipinas. So, mm-hmm. so I'm really looking forward to going home kasi uh, many of my batchmates also will be going home from their respective postings. So, it would be nice to uh, go back home. And I really don't see myself. Kumaga, I'm just thankful that I have this job because at least it allows me to um, experience being outside of the country. But after that, we also have the chance to go back home to recharge, to to uh, rekindle our ties with the, our home country. And then after that, pag ready ka na, pwede ka na namang lumabas ulit. What can you share to people who 
are interested with the line of work that you do since you get posted everywhere and for some people that might be interesting ano po yung pwede yung may advice sa kanila for the nature of the work well gagawin ko na tong opportunity to recruit for the, for the <laughs> well we, we did the exam yearly so we just uh, gave the FSO exam i th- i think this year um um, we're, yeah, we, we just gave the exam, so, but they haven't finished with the whole process yet. So hopefully for next year, for those interested to join the foreign service, um, you don't have to be a political science or international relations major. As long as you're um, a college graduate, you have two years of uh, work experience or two years of graduate uh, studies experience. It, it doesn't matter whether you finished your your graduate degree, but as long as you have two years of graduate study, uh, you they, they are all welcome to uh, join us in the foreign service. Um, what's good about the foreign service is, you know, it's all about public service. But at the same time, it also gives you this opportunity to experience this uh, this uh, wild adventure. Uh, <laughs> and if, if you're into change, experiencing new cultures, um, and then at, at the same time, it allows you to uh, go outside of uh, your comfort zone. Kasi in, in, in the foreign service, minsan may mga binibigay na trabaho sa amin na, uh, which is not within your area of expertise. But since ikaw na lang yung tao na available, you really have to immediately adjust and you know, keep up with the, the requirements of the job. So, um, yeah, I, I encourage people, if you, if you like uh, traveling, if you like... Uh, going abroad, but at the same time being able to help our kababayans to promote the Philippines, then they're all welcome to uh, join us in the DFA. Yes. We have many colleagues actually that are former OFWs. Eh. Oh. It gives them an edge like my former consul general in Malaysia was a uh, uh, former OFW working in Saudi Arabia. So as, as when he finished his, um, his contract in Saudi Arabia, he went home. And then he he stumbled upon the FSO exam, and now he's uh, he's now in Washington D.C. as the deputy chief of mission there. So, pagiging wow. OFW actually also gives you an edge, eh. kasi na experience mo na yung being on the other side, eh. na yung being mm-hmm. the, the clientele of uh, the foreign service. I'm sold. Magakuha ka ng exam, pasok ako sa requirements, sir. me echo. Sir, what would you advise people who say na ready na silang maging migrante, I want to be an OFW? Yun nga, importante lang na meron silang long-term uh, plan. Na okay lang na, na i-enjoy mo. Pero after that, dapat you should stick to your plan. Huwag yung very short-term lang. Kasi importante talaga na yung, yung long-term plan dahil yun yung magde-decide nung direction mo eh na at least alam mo na uh, hanggang dito lang ako. And then dapat pag dumating yung time na yun, uh, ready na ako. And at the same time din, yun nga talagang uh, maging matatag lang. And at the same time, uh, be... Kasi not everybody is lucky, for example, to be posted in a country like Singapore. Like in the Middle East, for example. Mm-hmm. Or even in... Like when I went to Djibouti, may mga OFWs doon and talagang hindi biro yung yung adjustments talagang be prepared to encounter anything so talagang dapat kailangan matatag yung loob mo and at the same time don't let yourself uh, be frustrated for example by anything 
bad that will happen to you. Kasi tingnan, that, that, that's really part of the, the experience of being an OFW. Sir, maraming salamat po sa lahat ng gems of advice na binigay niyo sa amin ngayong hapon. Ang dami kong natutunan, sir. Ha? Thank you very much for your time and your service. My, my, my pleasure, Echo. Maraming salamat sa ating guest, Consul Gonar Musor. Thank you for your public service to the Filipino people overseas. Bago po tayo magtapos, let me share with you a quote from the actor Paul Dane. The pursuit of peace and happiness does not require status, power, possession, or even diligent spiritual practice. It simply requires unquestioning faith in whatever God or forces you believe control your destiny and the ability to hold unconditional, indiscriminate love within your heart. Muli po ito si Tatay Eko na nagsasabing, Remember, you can't change the day, but you can change your attitude towards it, so be someone's reason to smile today. This is Today with Tatay Eko. <laughs>